Yeah, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Racing HQ. It is uh, good to have your company. Dave's away. Yeah, the big fella's about to get on the plane. He's going today. So uh, you'll have me for this week. Uh, and then Anthony Manton from Saturday onwards. He'll be uh, looking after you here on Racing HQ Saturday and also through the week. And uh, I'll be uh, back on deck late July. But looking forward to the next uh, four days as we work through up uh, until another good weekend of racing. And the weekend just gone, it was just sensational, wasn't it? Uh, quality racing in Sydney. The Randwick program was knocked out of the park by two participants in particular, Bjorn Baker, with five winners. A wonderful achievement for Bjorn. And Dylan Gibbons rode four on the program, and he just got knocked off in the last. Uh, he nearly rode five as well. So those two guys were the stars of the show. And it was Sydney Galloper, think about it, winning the Stradbroke. Uh, what a horse. He's won nine from ten and run one minor placing, and it's scary to think that his best is still ahead of him, such has been the rapid rate of improvement as he's climbed through the ranks. Joe Pride's Galloper getting his second Group 1. He did it at handicap conditions at the weekend, and we know he'd won the weight for age Kingsford Smith the week before. So sky's the limit for him, and we know he does have an Everest spot, or slot, I should say, in the spring. Nathan Exelby is up there in Brisbane, and he joins us for this morning's Punters Postmortem. Nathan, how are you? Yeah, really well, thanks, Luke. Thanks for having me on. And um, we look back with a lot of fondness on, on what happened there at Eagle Farm on Saturday. It was one of the better Stradbroke days we've had in a, a long time. Absolutely, mate. Uh, how was the atmosphere there trackside? And what a horse he is, this think about it. Yeah, yeah he, um, you know, the, the pre-post markets got it exactly right, didn't they? They installed him fa- favourite for the Stradbroke from about the time markets went up and picked up the Kingsford Smith on the way through and was the weight horse for, for the race, and uh, he ran right up to it. As far as the atmosphere goes, I, you know, I had some people say that you know, it's possibly the best day they've had on a Brisbane racetrack since, uh, since Black Caviar turned up for the BDC Cup. Uh, back a, just over a decade ago, so it was just a really good vibe there on on Saturday here at Eagle Farm. And, you know, we've the track looks looks in great order. It played that way, and um, like I said, we, we've got a carnival that we can look back on with plenty of fondness. Absolutely, Ray Thomas is with us as well for this morning's punters postmortem. How are you, Ray? Yeah, good morning, Luke. Good morning, Nathan, and good morning, everyone. Yeah, look, congratulations to everyone involved with Stradbroke Day. It looked a beauty, Nathan, from afar. And, well, gee, we've seen some absolute stars emerge in, in uh, the Brisbane Carnival this year. I think the two-year-old racing's been excellent, but um, none bigger than think about it. He He's just something else. And remarkable, isn't it, Luke? We were talking to... Joe Pride yesterday morning on Racing HQ and even he is not sure if he's got to the ceiling yet to think about it. He said it's conceivable that um, next season he could be better again given he's only had the 10 starts. So this horse's rise through the ranks has been extraordinary and uh, can't wait to see him again come spring. Absolutely, guys. Um, He's going to be a really... Exciting horse to follow. We know that the plan is second up into the Everest. He'll resume, Ray, in the premiere two weeks before. Joe Pride has told us that. Um, It's going to be interesting to see what Joe does beyond the the sprinting preparation in the spring because being a so-you-think and the way he finds the line, uh, I think a mile is certainly within his reach. And you've got races like the Golden Eagle uh, as well that would be tempting for a horse like him. Uh, he'd probably be too old for the Golden Eagle by that stage, Luke, but um, so many other options for this horse going forward. And uh, I'm interested in Nathan's thoughts too because he was really good in um, winning the Kingsford Smith Cup 
um, dropped considerably in weight um, for the Stradbroke and on handicaps he deserved to be favourite and won convincingly but Nathan Luke and I were talking to Joe yesterday about this horse and he you put him in a class one he'll win by a length and seemingly <laughs> have something in reserve put him in a group one he'll win by a length and seemingly have something in reserve he just seems to know what he has to do and to get the job done. That's exactly right, Ryan. I guess his record says that. He's just a winner. Nine from ten now. Um, thoughts to those who backed him at Warwick Farm back on August 31 last year um, to, to miss out that day. But um, you know, he's still been in backable prices most of the way through, Ray. He's never been at a you know, prohibitive odds. He, you know, second up in January, $2.10. That's as short as he's got. But ever since then, you've got... You know, three sixty on Saturday, and then after that it was four dollars or, or better about him. So the market sort of has not has never overestimated him, has it? It's yeah. sort of you know, he's been there to back, and, and those who've stuck solid have been paid handsomely. I, I think that comes back to the point that he doesn't put fields away by five mm. or six. But the the bottom line about that is, and the the positive aspect of the way he wins his races, he was telling Luke and I yesterday, Nathan, that he doesn't. Um, botting himself out in doing so. He's he's a conservative racehorse, gets the job done, goes home and just bounces through his races so well. And that's why he's strung together six in a row this prep, Luke, and, and why the sky is a limit for next season. Yeah, that's right, guys. He's a, a $7 chance for the Tab Everest is, think about it, Giga Kick is the three fifty favourite. I wish I win at $5 in that market. Um, just looking at the figures out of that Stradbroke, guys, the... The overall figure produced uh, courtesy of daily sectionals by Think About It was 2.7 lengths above benchmark for the class. Uh, he ran the 20th best last 200 of the meeting, which was uh, quite a feat in itself considering the high pressure of the race, guys, because, Nathan, to the, to the 800, they went 3.2 lengths above, and in the middle part of the race, uh, they went 2.7 above. So it was a, a high-pressure Stradbroke. Yeah, that possibly speaks volumes for the performance of Rothfire. Um, drew drew the outside and carried the 57. And you know, it took think about it a little while to, to put Rothfire away. Um, so he he's just got enormous Rothfire. You know, I'd love to see him in a race. You know, I'm not sure what Rob's got planned. You know, Magic Millions Day will have something there for him for sure. He has a cutie's horse, but. You know, these wait for age 1,400 metre races that you see, like a Mimsy uh, in the spring and then, then go towards the autumn for awe and futurity. To me, that's the, the ideal horse, for, ideal setup for Rothfire. Less pressure in those where he can just get rolling in front. So you know, the local hero did himself proud. But all honours to the winner nonetheless. And you know, he, he was able to cover ground in the Kingsford Smith. He, he, it's just, he doesn't leave them with too many excuses. I thought Hawaii 5-0 was good, Nathan, um, mm. given he's an inexperienced three-year-old who's turned the corner, sort of uh, his form surges coincided with the, with um, some drier weather in Sydney, hasn't it, Luke? Finally, he's got his, got onto a firm deck and he's showing what he can do. He's very much like his full sister, uh, Libertini. She needed dry tracks. Is he an Everest horse on what you saw in the Stradbroke, Nathan? I don't know about the Everest, but I think the, the comparison is good with the last two uh, Fred Best winners. We had Apache Chase two years ago, Valana last year, Apache Chase, and both failed in the, the Stradbroke. Both, you know, Valana was okay, Apache Chase did fail. So Hawaii 5 has gone better than both of those. We saw Apache Chase go on to win a Group 1 Kingsford Smith Stakes, and 
Villano was good at the sort of Group 2 and Group 3 level this season. So I think that augurs well for him going forward. He, he, you need to take a, another big step forward to be an Everest horse, Ray, but they've got plenty of options with a, with a horse like him and you know, you know, Golden Eagle, I'm sure, would come into consideration for him. No doubt about it, guys. I think that is a race that would be tempting. Um, I know that Jerry and Singo were uh, having a good chat, Ray, post-race about the plans uh, for Hawaii 5.0, but I think the good thing is that now he's starting to realise that early potential. He, he yeah. burst onto the scene with some really nice trials and a, a tough maiden win, but then he lost his way a fraction, um, yeah. and we were wondering, would he... Would he turn into this Group 1 horse we thought he could be? But now he he does appear to be working the game out, doesn't he? Yeah, like a lot of horses, uh, the wet weather we've had in Sydney the last couple of years, it, it has certainly impacted that Colt's career. But um, with, with the drier decks, he's certainly showing uh, his talent. And um, gee, the two-year-old racing was great, as I mentioned earlier, Luke, and with the JJ Atkins, King Colorado is super, Miracle Love excellent, Tannhauser was solid. Maybe Nathan, did we see the Victoria Derby and Oaks winner there? Yeah, I'm not sure whether we've got whether I'd say the two year olds rated as highly this year up here as they have previously. Maybe the one I'd be interested in taking for would be Miracle of Love. She looks a mm. you know, flight stakes, thousand guineas type horse written all over her. She's very exper- inexperienced and she's done a terrific job to, to get where she did. But you've got to take your hat off to the intelligence of the market, don't you? This horse was trading sort of near about the 50 to 1 race morning and through the week and they found him and he just kept trimming up, trimming up and the, the money was absolutely spot on. And then finding King Colorado was you know, the, the one to emerge. There was a lot of discussion up here, guys, about how it was a blanket finish in the, in the BRC size, and you know the, the door was open for some new blood to step up and take this race. And as it panned out, the, the trifecta all, all came from races outside of the, the sires. So, um, as I say, the market intelligence was, was spot on with King Colorado. And both the winner and runner-up had a maiden wins at their previous start, which I guess you've got to um, take your hat off to the stables with both Kieran yeah. and David Eustace, King Colorado, and Paul Massara, Miracle Love, having the, the the courage to throw those horses into Group 1s, believing they had the ability, and both produced on the day, and the upside for both those two two-year-olds, enormous in the new season. Very well said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll switch to Sydney quickly, guys, because we've got a text here, uh, a listener saying, hey, guys, what about Baker at the weekend? Hey, uh, stole the show with five. Um, what did you make of the two-year-old in the first? Is he the real deal osmosis? Thanks, Steve. So uh, it was a great training performance, wasn't it, Ray, by yeah. Bjorn uh, at the weekend, training a five-timer. I mean, that doesn't happen every day, a super achievement and osmosis. He was pretty good winning that opening race. Uh, they tore away the top two, he and Royal Tribute up the straight. Yeah, just firstly on Bjorn Baker, he'd never trained four winners in town before, so five was a breakout day, and some of his winners are are real quality, particularly the two-year-old Osmosis. Uh, You're right, Luke, this was a very strong two-year-old race because the Gay Waterhouse Adrian Bott stable, they've got a big opinion of Royal Tribute. I I thought he was excellent on debut. He led, tried to hold off Osmosis, but the impressive part of Osmosis was how well he relaxed just... Um, sitting a, a length off Royal Tribute, stalking the leader. When Dylan Gibbons pressed the button, it was an instant response. Uh, he uses quality of that colt. Um, he'll go for a little break now. Bjorn Baker's not sure whether 
the Golden Rose is the right race, whether it may come up too quickly for Osmosis in September or whether this colt's more the back end of spring. But whatever he sets him for, I think he's up to the top level. I think he's high class. Royal Tribute, I think we can follow him through winter because he'll be winning very, very shortly. Probably his next start, uh, a talented colt who was excellent on debut, just bumped into a top-quality colt who's two from two and really going places. Normally, you're right, Ray. Winter time, you're saying, oh, look, some of these horses, they won't really measure up in the spring. But if I cast my mind back to last season, the likes of Madame Pomery uh, mm. came through at this time of year. She went Ossipenko. Ossipenko yeah. Ossipenko was another one. Uh, they went on the to kick. Be... Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> he's probably the biggest, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so it it doesn't... There's no rules. There's, that's what's no. wonderful about this game. We can't gauge the level of the improvement that these horses could make from one preparation to the next. And there's another couple there that fall into that um, same category. Iona Merck is now four from seven. Race Fitness got him home on Saturday. I, I grant you, Kaboo was excellent resuming after that long spell. We know he's top class. Iona Merck stalked him too strong late. But uh, that's not to undersell the winner. I think he's got a big future and he's going through his grades really well. Kaboo, I thought, was enormous. First up, 60 and a half. Tried to lead, held on until the last couple of bounds. He's got form around some of the best three-year-olds in training. So here's a couple of horses again, Luke and Nathan, racing deep into the Sydney winter, who I dare say we'll see in much better races in spring, particularly Kaboo. Did you get Yeah, well, Ray, I think you cuss back because Seek Legend raced on Stradbroke Day um, in Sydney the, the yeah. year that he won the Everest. So there's a good formula there that having them ticking over at this time of year can be of benefit um, when it comes to those big spring features. Yeah, he won the old June Snake, which is now the Bob Charlie. I don't know if um, Spacewalks are an Everest horse, <laughs> guys, but it, it was a fair win, Luke and Nathan. Three and four wide the entire, but um, still found a way to win that stakes race. He was such a tragedy beaten that doom in the start prior. He, he just had zero luck whatsoever that particular day. So he's toned nice and quickly. Mm. Oh, I got that race wrong, guys. Badly wrong. Um, I, I thought I didn't think he was in the race from the draw, but gee, they they got the tactics right. Um, even though he was wide, they, they sort of identified that he could uh, just punch forward. And there's only that one horseshoe bend, guys, from that 1100 yeah. meter race. And instead of restraining back, which I thought would be uh, the way they'd ride him. They had a roll at the stumps or a throw at the stumps and put him in the race and they stacked up and he was just there to pounce with his turn of foot, guys. So I think um, James Cummings and the team and Jean Benovamir for the ride, Nathan, they probably deserve a bit of a, a tip of the hat for the, the way they rode him. Yeah, for sure. Sure, and then come back to the placement as well. So James, I think he was... He had him up here and I think he might have been scratched since that doom and... Doombin uh, race, he was, he was in the lightning stakes against older horses last week, so they've waited an extra week and had the, got paid dividends. Mm. Uh, Ray, I back Conscript in that race. Um, could he be slightly forgiven? Uh, I just had a look at the steward's vision and it appeared he didn't get a lot of room in yeah. the straight. Yeah, it was pretty crowded there, wasn't it? And I was on him too, um, Luke. So look, um, his previous run, he got out and and sort of unleashed down the centre of the track. He didn't really get that opportunity, did he? Why that race was run, mm. stacked up. He was in amongst horses. 
didn't get a lot of galloping room, so I think we can forgive him. Um, I thought Dragonstone might have been a touch unlucky. That's his racing pattern. He was just held up a fraction. Um, we Will Rock, very brave, and he was coming again on the line, We Will Rock, so I think there's a win in him shortly as well. Mm. Well, is it an argument to say you went too slow in front, Ray? Uh, because yeah. he, he went a length below average, um, so nearly nearly um, average speed. But coming back from the 1,200 metres and the way the horse was sort of rallying, as you said, on the line, maybe if he, he went a bit quicker in front, he could have uh, sort of got them chasing and created a bit more pressure in the race. Yeah, possibly. And it was a game effort. Maybe Spacewalk was starting to fatigue a little. He had a, he did endure a pretty tough run, did he? And that might have helped We Will Rock. But we saw that with We Will Rock at Rose Hill when he was challenged at his Australian debut. He really kicked hard that day. So that's the sort of horse he is. He doesn't give up. And uh, there's a race or two in him for sure for John O'Shea in coming weeks. No doubt about it, guys. Uh, the race before, uh, did you did you spot this uh Cult Horse Democracy Manifest, uh, Nathan. He's got a bit of a following due to the name. Um, any succulent Chinese meals partaken? Yeah, and night? Darren Flindell's certainly done a good job in promoting this horse. But no, I, I can't say I'm, uh, I'm over all of what happened there in Sydney on Saturday. It was pretty busy up here. Uh, no doubt about it. Ray's uh, done a good job this preparation, though, hasn't he, this horse? Uh, he's a talent, a, a really good horse, this bloke. And his sectional times were were off the charts again. That's the way to ride him, isn't it, Luke? You, you, I know Joe Maria put him into a contest at Ramwick over the carnival, um, but he has to be ridden cold because he's got a really good turn of foot. And mm. it's a turn of foot that it's a reserve of stakes horses. He's quite capable of winning a stakes race over winter. Maybe he's a, one of those winter challenges, etc. might sort of be up his alley. Now he's shown he can run a strong 1,600. Uh, there's certainly options there for Chris Waller going forward. Great Brett Preble ride, timed it to perfection. Still he was game, um, trying to hold off the late surge of democracy manifest and... Talking to Gerald Ryan this morning, he's likely to accept with Steely in the Mikel Cup on Saturday. That's a 2,000 metre race, which Gerald's always thought Steely could eventually get to. Um, he's not definitely going to run. He'll accept um, way up how the Hawks works on Thursday, whether he does a quick backup. But I think that goes to show how well Steely's going, that Gerald's looking towards the Mikel Cup, and it just franks that uh, democracy manifest form. Yeah, you mentioned his turn of foot, Ray. He ran the best last 200 of the whole meeting democracy mm. manifest, which is quite impressive when you're talking about the end of a mile race. We had um, an 1,100, 1,000, a 1,200, two 1,200-metre races on the program. So for him to hit the line best, uh, I think that's the, the sign of a class horse. Yeah. This text here, hey, Marlo, can you ask Nathan about without a fight? Gee, it, if it's not a spring horse, I'll well, give up yeah. the mug putter. So what do you say about uh, without a fight, Nathan? Um, he does look a real spring prospect, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. We saw Zaki emerge at this carnival two years ago. Um, the same carnival incentivised came from obscurity. Now, you wouldn't say this horse came from obscurity because he started $12 in a Melbourne Cup, but he's clearly acclimatised brilliantly in Australia and... It's just a matter of which race they, they opt to go for him. Um, I think Mark Zara might have said Caulfield Cup to Anthony Friedman when, when he jumped off on, on Saturday. Um, obviously, there, there were excuses there. Melbourne Cup last year on the wet ground, he seemed to travel well into the into the race and then just stopped pretty quickly. His overseas form says he could probably cope with that sort of trip, but just that nice turn of foot, 
you know, he's, he's surely graduates to the, the Group One weight for age ranks in the spring because that was the best Q22 field we, we've had um, since they boosted the prize money of that race. Six individual Group One winners, and he put them away pointlessly. So. I'd say Caulfield Cup may be the top of the list, but yeah, you'd be disappointed if he's not uh, right amongst the thick of things in some of those big races in a few months' time. He's been installed as equal fave with Drew Bionna for the Cox Plate as well, Nathan. Well. So you know, there you go. And I'm just looking at the Caulfield Cup bidding. Um, it, he's got a brilliant turn of foot, hasn't he? He's second fave behind Kobalika. Again, we're speaking about the three-year-olds and the stars that emerge in your carnival, Nathan. Gee, I thought Kovalika was really impressive in the derby a couple of weeks ago. And Frank, that summer form line, when he did sort of emerge then as your, your likely Queensland derby horse. Yeah, that's right. He's come through the Grand Prix. That race now doesn't have the depth that it did back when it was in the winter, but um, Gypsy Goddess won the Grand Prix last season and went on to, or two seasons ago and went on to, to win the Oaks up here and then he's done the same in, into the Derby. So you'd be disappointed if he didn't measure up. He's got to improve a shade further as the Demon Cup showed. But um, yeah, it, it happens every year, a horse from our classics here, whether it's, whether it's the Oaks or, or the Derby, um, they do go down south and, and they prove the, the merit of the, the form up here and the benefits of having campaigned here through the through the carnival. So both of those ones, it's nice from the Queensland point of view, Ray, to hear a market right out like that and, and the two at the top of the market come from races conducted up here. And of course, Giga Kick is favourite for the Everest off, off the um, Doombin 10,000 win. So um, a lot of form line, Luke and Nathan, out of the, the Brisbane carnival this winter. Yeah, no doubt about it, guys. Uh, what about the beaten horses, Nathan, in that Q22? It's been good to see Dewis back in form, this preparation. Of course, she failed badly in that Melbourne Cup, but Ed Cummings has got her back racing super, and uh, she was a gallant third. Yeah, it's been a good training performance. I thought she ran well in the, the Doomben Cup without a, a whole lot of luck. Um, she was wasn't up to, to do it, uh, wasn't up to without a fight there on Saturday, but she's, she's raced really well. Um, She's had two spring campaigns now where the form hasn't been quite as good as what it was in the autumn. Whether there's something in that, I'm not sure, or just other other circumstances. But pleasing to see her. Nonconformist, you know, Graham Big said the, the Demon Cup was an easy run to forgive, and he's shown that. There was more like what we saw of him when he won the Blamey first up. Launces is just, that's just Launces, isn't it? Um, you know, consistent, finds one or two better. The Marion's an interesting nom for the Ipswich Cup on Saturday. I'm not sure whether they plan to go there, but it's a quality handicap, so he's going to be pitchforked into an Ipswich Cup with the, the, the maximum top weight there, so it be interesting to see if they, they back up. And Quetor, sort of similar to last year, won the Doomben Cup, and then things didn't pan out so well for him in the, um, in the Q22 at his next start. Fame... They, they tried the way for Ager out here, but I think he's still a horse that could play a role in, in some of the, the features in the spring that are just below that, that top level. Some of those other lead-up sort of cups and, and whatnot are away from the, the genuine big ones. More of your calls and texts after this break on Putters Postmortem. You've got Ray Thomas and Nathan X will be this morning. That open line number, if you want to get in touch with the show, is 13 53 and you can text it. Text us as well. 0419-767-272. Looking to take the next step in your career? Marcus Oldham's Advanced Diploma of Equine Business Management will give you the practical and business skills to set you up for a rewarding career in the equine industry. Our graduates gain unique opportunities in careers worldwide across racing, bloodstock, stud management, breeding, horse health, marketing and more. 
Visit marketsoldham.vic.edu.au forward slash equine or attend our open day on Sunday 30 July to find out more. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. Early warning signs of driver fatigue like yawning, sore eyes or trouble concentrating mean you may be too tired to drive. Recognise the signs and pull over for a break or swap drivers. Don't trust your tired self. Sydney, now the Warrenor Bridge still carrying a lot of traffic. Eastbound also Mascot. Southern Cross Drive, Citybound onto the east and the Stribler. Bexley North, a breakdown on Bexley Road southbound. At Brisbane, the Green Slopes, multi-vehicle crash on the Pacific Motorway inbound. Every 17 seconds, the Salvos help someone in need. Please donate to the Salvation Army Red Shield Appeal so nobody struggles alone. Visit salvationarmy.org.au. I'm Ian Wallace. That's traffic on Sky Sports Radio. At Drummond Golf, we understand your passion. Nice roll. And that's because every Drummond Golf store is owned and run by a local who loves the game as much as you do. Yeah, it's come off the face really well. Someone who knows where you play and what you need. Oh, yeah. Looking good. With Australia's biggest range and expert knowledge. Great. Now let's try that putter with this grip. So if you want to improve your game... See your local expert at Drummond Golf. There's a new place to get it all on tap. And it's in your pocket. The Tab app has live racing. Touchdowns. Downtowns. The beautiful game. Australia's biggest game. Our other biggest game. A bit of this. This. Oh, come on, ref. And this. For racing and sport on tap, download the Tab app. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Unlike any other SUV in Australia, the unrivaled Kia Sorento is available in diesel, petrol, hybrid and plug-in hybrid technologies. The Kia Sorento. Awarded and unmatched like no other seven-seat SUV. To find out more, visit kia.com.au or visit your nearest Kia dealer. Kia. Movement that inspires. Need a forklift? Don't just get a forklift, get a Toyota forklift. Toyota is the world's number one forklift brand with a great range of pallet jacks, walkie stackers and reach forklifts right up to their leading Toyota counterbalance forklifts. Legendary reliability and safety with cleaner, greener electric options. Toyota can tailor the right forklift solution for you. It's all part of the Toyota forklift advantage. For more, visit toyotamaterialhandling.com.au. Get a Toyota forklift. Looking to take the next step in your career? Marcus Oldham's Advanced Diploma of Equine Business Management will give you the practical and business skills to set you up for a rewarding career in the equine industry. Our graduates gain unique opportunities in careers worldwide across racing, bloodstock, stud management, breeding, horse health, marketing and more. Visit marcusoldham.vic.edu.au forward slash equine or attend our open day on Sunday 30 July to find out more. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Yeah, good morning, everyone. I hope you're having a a great Tuesday and that you had a fantastic uh, public holiday yesterday if you're in New South Wales. And if you're listening anywhere around the country, I hope your Monday was good also uh, and uh, you're enjoying the show this morning. We've been discussing Sydney and Brisbane. Uh, This text, guys, uh, you've got Nathan Exelby and Ray Thomas with myself this morning. Um, T-Mac has chimed in. Hey, lads, I'm a part owner in Democracy Manifest. Just a quick update for Darren Flindell and his cult followers. 
Democracy Manifest is off to the paddock for a short three or four week freshen up and back for the spring. Four starts this prep for two wins and two runs that didn't quite go to plan. Cheers, T-Mac. He's had a good preparation, Ray, and I'll take some ownership of one of his failures, this preparation, calling him <laughs> at Rose Hill. I think he missed Darren's voice. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, look, what about potentially a lightweight chance in an Epsom? He showed on mm. Saturday he can run the mile, and I know that's a bit of a leap of faith, but he's an emerging horse who's got, as you mentioned earlier, Luke, that turn of foot that is a reserve of stakes horses, and... Um, he can run the mile now, so uh, uh, look, I've, I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Waller has in the back of his mind potentially trying to get that horse towards an Epsom. I have no doubt, Ray, that um, that he could get to a good level. Uh, he's mm. just continued to improve, and well, I suppose the trainer knows a thing or two about winning an Epsom, doesn't he, Ray? He certainly does. <laughs> he's got an unbelievable record at the Randwick Mile. Yeah, so. incredible. Back to Brisbane we go, guys. A text about Opal Ridge's performance on the weekend. Hey, guys, um, a few people getting stuck into Tyler Schiller for his ride on Opal Ridge. Uh, what else could he do from the draw? Uh, it always looked a little bit awkward on paper. I thought she was still very brave. Cheers, love the show. Um, Nathan, uh, what did you make of the ride and the run of Opal Ridge running, finishing second behind Comrade Rosa in that Dane Ripper? Yeah, as you say, the, the draws you know, dictates a lot of what happens, and um, you know, she's bumped into a, a mare that's right on the up. And another example of Tony Gollan getting a, a tried horse and you know, getting them to stakes grade. Um, you know, I thought she was there to to get Comrade Rosa down, but the the other one held her. So, you know, and it's a track that you can sort of sit wide on if need be here at Eagle Farm. So I I, I just feel like she's bumped into one that's that's going in the right direction. Did you have any take on it, Ray? Did you see yeah. that Dane Ripper from the weekend? I, I did. I, I thought her run was monstrous, April Ridge. And um, I was even talking to Luke Pepper about it yesterday, the trainer. And there was a couple of scratchings. Nathan took a bit of the, the pressure out of the contest. And that's when things started to go awry for April Ridge. And drawing that awkward barrier, um, rival jockeys would have been keeping a close eye on the favourite too, no doubt. Mm. And when that pace wasn't frenetic early and Tyler was sort of stuck out there if he had tried to push forward I'm I'm sure those riders inside of him would have kept her out wide if he had have gone back and ridden a coal which she has responded to in Sydney a couple of times then she would have been a long way back off a slow tempo so oh, gee what do, you, what do you do in that situation Nath you've got a split second to make a call it's six one half dozen the other she still loomed up to win, which was the most extraordinary thing. Um, Comrade Rosa, as Nathan pointed out, is in a is racing well at the moment. She held off Opal Ridge, but that run was incredible. And uh, according to Luke Pepper, she's pulled up really well, and all systems go now to the tiara. That tiara market would be interesting to have a look at, Luke, because you've got Opal Ridge there, but then the, the mares or fillies and mares filled fourth, fifth, and sixth in the Stradbroke. So I would have thought that uh, Palace, Pan, Ruthless Dame and uh, Chain of Lightning would all be very prominent in tiara betting uh, in a fortnight. The, you know, the Dane Ripper is the traditional lead-up to that race, but when you get one of the, these girls run a big race in a Stradbroke like they did, um, that's really solid um, form for, for that particular race. Well, it looks this way, Nath. Um, she's the favourite, Opal Ridge, $3.50. Ruthless Dame, $4.50 on the second line of betting. Shalo is an $8 chance. Comrade Rosa, $8. Palaza Pan, $8. Chain of Lightning is on the $11 line with Foxy Frieda and She's a Belter and then wider to Aureus Angel. How does that sound to you? Do you think that market's pretty well spot on? 
Yeah, I, I would think that they'd be happy to back a few of beat Opal Ridge there. You know, that um, you know, Common Road Race has come out of sort of restricted grade then listed grade last time. Mm. I was pretty taken with what those girls did in the the, the Stradbroke. Ruthless Dame didn't have much luck whatsoever and Chain of Lightning came from a, a wide draw. So I'd be more in their corner at this particular point in time. Okay. Uh, one listener advising us that the stewards report stated that Opal Ridge lost a near hind plate during the race as well. And Ray, I was just having a look at the stewards' vision. She did get a little bit of a brush out of the gates as well. She she jumped a touch awkwardly, so that would have complicated things as well. Yeah, no, it was just one of those races where it, it just didn't go right for her and um, tempo didn't help, obviously, the wide barrier. But as I said, I thought a run was incredible under the circumstances and... Uh, uh, she'll be there in a in a Tats TR, which is again shaping as a highly competitive final group one of the season, isn't it? Mm, exactly right. I'll have this take on it, guys. Um, mm. They went six and a half lengths slow to the 800 metres mark. So Ray's made the point about the tempo, so is Nathan, and the data backs it up. It was a very yep. slowly run race. So I, I'd like to say that if he dragged a right back to last, which was probably his only other option uh, to go toward the near near end of the field, I reckon she would have gotten beaten further, guys. Yep, probably had uh, none then. Probably because, had none. Exactly, yeah. because the winners run the sixth best last 200 of the meeting. Opal Ridge herself has still run the fifth best. Mm. So she wasn't really tiring. Uh, yes, she was feeling the wide run a little bit, but she still got home super, and the the race was just a, a messy one as far as a tempo point of view. So does that, Nathan, make the form, you're saying possibly it does make the form that little bit questionable? Uh, obviously, when you... You don't have a true test in a race with slow tempo. Yeah, not so much questionable. We've seen what Opal Ridge can do in, in the, the, the true tempo um, races, like where she put the boys away at Scone. Oh, I'm just thinking that that, that Stradbroke form, and we're talking, you know, think about it as you know, an Everest, single figures in an Everest. Mm. Um, for a horse like Ruthless Dame to get as close as she did without the best of luck, I just read that as being a, a you know, and off the back of a Group 1 win prior to that, I, I just stayed on siding that way. Yeah. Uh, so you, at your long-range tip for the Tats Tiara is Ruthless Dame at this stage. Yeah, and then the Chain of Lightning interests me as, as, as well. Like She's had two goes at 1,400 now, and both of them pretty good, and she, she did draw out there. So if she was able to get a, a softer run somewhere along the line, it'd be um, advantageous for her. We've had a text from a few owners this morning. This one, uh, Ray. Hey, boys, how filthy am I? I didn't take a share in Think About It. <laughs> that, that would be tough, but there'd be a few of those out there, I imagine. <laughs> oh, that happens all the time, guys. Yeah. I mean, um, you you can't beat yourself up to that listener. Don't don't worry about it. I mean, it'd be hard seeing him go so well, but we don't know, Ray, at the time. It's very easy for you to say, "Don't worry about it, Luke." I can <laughs> understand why you'd lose some sleep over it. Oh, well, I got offered a share in Winks, and I knocked it back. <laughs> Not really, but um, who who was a poor underbidder on Winks? That's what I want. Well, that's another one. Yeah. It's, that's part of the game, though, isn't it, guys? It's it like is. letting a winner go um, or you, you forget to back a horse uh, that gets tipped to you and you, you, you've got to make an opinion and your best decision at the time based on your own personal circumstances. So we don't have crystal balls, Ray, do we? No, it's, it's one of those things and um, gee, but who would have, even Joe Pride didn't envisage this sort of rapid he, rise. He, he knew he had a good horse and, he, and he's not one to be overly um, effusive about those things, but he said early on, I've got a really good one here, but mm. even he's been taken by surprise how quickly this horse has got to group one level and how 
he looked at home, didn't he? In both those wins in Brisbane, he, he just controlled those races and he hardly raises a sweat getting the job done. Oh, he's an amazing horse. Yeah. Um, and he's high energy before the race, isn't he, uh, Nathan? Uh, think about it. He likes to bounce around in the, the parade ring. He's not uh, misbehaving. He's just uh, an excitable, high-energy sort of horse pre-race. Yeah, that's right. And you know, Joe Pride chose to take him back home again after he he, he won the Kingsford Smith Cup. A lot of you know, other trainers do it differently. Joe likes to take them back home where he could... Keep him under his eye, and he only arrived up here, I think, um, you know, in the early hours of Friday morning to um, to take his place in the Stradbroke field. So it's, um, it's just a terrific story. And also, yeah, for the team as well, um, you know, proven thoroughbreds and, and Joe, they they watched the Stradbroke last year thinking what might have been with Private Eye, um, who was stiff in the Stradbroke last year. He was held up at that vital stage. So they come back 12 months later with double the prize money on offer, and they claim the prize. So it was a very sweet sweet day for you know obviously Joe and but also the proven thoroughbridge team as well you know Jamie and Tom Walter and, and all of their clients very well said um here's one from left field uh, left field guys Pete uh texting in regards to the Stradbroke he said hi boys I was taken with the run of Hollyfield uh, what do you think and where will it go next um I gotta say Pete I I might be missing something he got beaten close to nine to me he didn't look to do a huge deal in the straight. I might have to go and back, go back and have another look yeah, at he it. He settled out the he settled out the back from from the wide gate, which that helped sort of dictate the tempo of the race a little bit. Mm. Rothfold was able to get it in the, without that extra pressure. Um, I think he's nominated for the eyeliner on Saturday, Luke. Whether they head that way, I'd spoken to someone in the stable prior to Saturday that said um, you know, Saturday may well have been could possibly have been his last race. So we'll see if he goes to the post. Uh, again on Saturday, the Eye is a race that he won last year, um, but he hasn't been the same horse I haven't thought in his, his runs this time around. Yeah, yeah, I, that's left field, Pete, uh, from from us. But look, don't let us talk you out of him. If he goes back in grade and to a track he's he's run well at in the past, that being Ipswich, he he might be able to uh, do something. And when you said his last run, Nathan, you just meant for the preparation. Uh, no, I, right, the, the the indication was to me that he might be retired and given a given a. a yeah, some oh, green pastures. So, oh, um, yes, beautiful. All right, we'll uh, we'll wait and see. But he's nominated. He's nominated for this Saturday. So, yeah. so far, that's not exactly. correct. Well, he's a gelding, so that that just surprises me a little bit, guys. He's, he's only a five-year-old. He's he still runs some useful races. Maybe he's got a few little underlying issues um, that they've got to manage him with. But um, he's done a great job. So I'd certainly commend the ownership group of that um, to pull up stumps and, and find him a good home because he's done a great job. I mean, he's run one nearly a million dollars, Ray, yeah, um, yeah, this horse, yeah. you know. It's, You'd it's love to have effort. a share in him, Luke, wouldn't you? He's yeah. been a beauty. Yeah. More of your text uh, coming up on Punter's Postmortem. There's a new place to get it all on tap, and it's in your pocket. The Tab app has live racing. Touchdowns. Downtowns. The beautiful game. Australia's biggest game. Our other biggest game. A bit of this. This. Oh, come on, ref. And this. For racing and sport on tap, download the Tab app. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.
Hi, it's Matty Johns. Get your years of hard work recognised and get the qualification you deserve with the help of Skills Certified. Their partner RTOs assess your workplace skills and can turn them into a nationally recognised qualification through recognition of prior learning. It could open your career options, increase your salary or even get your promotion. Why spend unnecessary time and money when life has already qualified you? Take the free 60-second skills check now at skillscertified.com.au. Get your skills certified. Don't miss New Zealand's largest breeding stock sale of the year. New Zealand Bloodstock's National Weanling and Broodmare Sale is brimming with pinhooking, breeding and investment potential. Weanling graduates have won 12 Group 1 races and 70 stakes races in the last seven seasons. Plus, all Weanlings are eligible for the lucrative Karaka Million Series. Join us at Karaka on the 16th of June, nzb.co.nz. New Zealand Bloodstock, where winning begins. And here is a champion. Cracksman wins the champion in fantastic style. The only place to catch the very best equine superstars from around the globe. First time, every time, is right here. Live and exclusive across the Sky Racing Network. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. Great to have you with us on your Tuesday. It is 9.48. Ray Thomas and Nathan X will be uh, with us to talk about the weekend of racing. Back to Sydney, guys, and the last race. Um, a text about the brave performance of Fearson. Mm. Oh, gee's been fantastic. His last two runs, Ray, he's just not been knocked off by Pasquero. This is another race I got badly, badly wrong, and I paid for it financially uh, <laughs> at the weekend. Um, I, I thought Crafty Eagle and Gundy yeah. Bridge with the two horses on the rise out of that race, and I thought they'd fight it out, but both for mine were disappointing, and I've got to reassess my opinion on those two going forward. But uh, Pasquero was good and fierce, and he's just absolutely flying for Brad Widdop. Yeah, he's in a rich vein of form. Brad Widdop's got that horse going great guns, fierce, and Pasquero just got up out wide to win. Danny Beasley, we haven't mentioned him, boys. That was a double for Danny at Ramek on Saturday. He also won on Cliff House for for um, uh, Timmy Donnelly in the in the highway. He hadn't ridden a Randwick winner since 2015 because obviously he's been based in Singapore for for so many years. But at 48 years of age, he he doesn't look like he's aged at all mm. uh, since he was riding in Sydney, and he's still riding in, in great form. He made an application last week boys to for a dual license come the new season he's he's hoping to get a horse or two in training as oh, well great. yeah i think in new south wales only michael travers and peter graham hold dual licenses so daniel will be the third one and um you know he's still his focus is still definitely riding because he's enjoying it so much down riverina and he's riding so well he wants to keep going he's got no immediate plans to retire but he wants to get a horse or two in work just so he's got potentially that training aspect to fall back on when he does eventually retire from the saddle. But great to see him back riding winners there at Ramek on Saturday. Absolutely, guys. Um, there was an article released uh, recently written by Jeff Hansen on uh, New South Wales country jockeys. Was he stiff to not be number one, Beasley? We know <laughs> we know Bullock's um, totally mm. airborne, and obviously the article's... Um, uh, coming from that angle of country performances. But, gee, he's done a lot in racing, Danny Beasley, and he just showed his class again on the weekend, didn't he, Ray? 
well, since he's been back in the Riverina in from January, his strike rate's incredible. Yeah. And uh, I think the market reflects that now, particularly in those races in the Riverina. If D Beasley's next to a horse's name, he can trim the odds straight away because he's just riding so well. And, and great to see him back in the winner's stall on Saturday. And along with Timmy Donnelly as well, with, yep. with uh, Cliff House in the highway. Those colours, boys, I don't know if you, you noticed, but they were the colours worn by the great Denise's Joy all those years ago. And uh, I think Dick Smith was the the old owner of those colours. And uh, Tim used to work with Tommy Smith back in the day, so he obviously inherited those colours. And great to see the Denise's Joy colours winning at Ramwick again as well. Yeah, very well said, guys. Um, a few more texts about... Think about it. Hey, guys, he should nearly be unbeaten. The day he was rolled at Warwick Farm, he was a little bit unlucky. This horse is a champion and could win a Cox Plate. I love that. A uh, big call, big call. But, hey, who's to argue, Nathan? Who knows? He he could be that good. We just don't know, do we? I'd love to see him get out of it further, but I'm just not sure when we see that happen. Obviously, he's headed to an Everest this spring, yeah, so maybe this that's year, will second it? up. What happens in the autumn... I guess that's where we might get a chance to see him over a little bit more ground. But, you know, if he's running well in an Everest this year, then you'd assume that would be the plan next year as well. So we, we may not ever get to see him have the full extension put on what his distance capabilities are. But um, he certainly had no trouble stretching to the 1,400 on Saturday, that's for sure. I'll ask this to you both straight. You first, Ray. Can he win an Everest? Think about it. Uh, yeah, uh, and I say that because I don't think he's been fully tested yet in a race and I I have the utmost respect for Giga Kick and I wish I win and if Nature Strip comes back at his best, fingers crossed what a race it's going to be but we haven't seen the ceiling with this horse yet because he just does what he has to do to win so mm. uh, can he win in Everest? Absolutely. What do you say Nathan? Yeah definitely you know and I'm surprised that a horse like Private Eye was able to get as close as he did last year and I think any of this guy's resume to the same stage now is probably superior and he's just got that little bit more brilliant so I absolutely think that's um, kind of, he's capable of doing that. Ray do you have any idea if Shinzo is a chance to to head down that path or what their plans are for him as a three-year-old? Yeah certainly on the radar and uh, I was actually talking to Chris Waller and Tom Magner about Shinzo recently and, and Chris Waller made a really valid point he's had some high-class two-year-olds and I'll just by memory, they were horses like Yes, 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 um, yep. Zoo Star and Brazen Bow, who appeared as two-year-olds to be better suited at 1,400 and 1,600 metres as, as I got to their three-year-old seasons. But as I got to older horses, they actually became faster horses, and they were brilliant sprinters. Mm. And we saw Yes, Yes, Yes come off his second in the Golden Rose, and no horses ever run faster than Yes, Yes, Yes over the Randwick 1,200 to win the, the Everest. So... Um, back to Shinzo, that's what Chris Waller's got in the back of his mind, that this top-class colt could come back in spring, and with the brilliance that he's shown as a two-year-old, um, the Everest is definitely on the radar. I, I noticed that the Tab have released their first markets for the Golden Rose this morning, and Shinzo is, is the favourite at about $6, militarised is at $9.00. Whether he goes to the Golden Rose or not remains to be seen. Quite likely he will. And then mm. does he follow the yes, yes, yes path? Oh, gee, I love him as a horse, Nathan, this mm. Shinzo. I really think that... Because the, the point I keep thinking about, right, 
is we know Waller doesn't push his two-year-olds. So mm. it's done it all, and a lot of them, uh, they, he's done it on natural ability. So once Chris turns the screws a little bit and really starts to up his workload or whatever they do, I'm not a trainer, but you, you think he's only going to get better. Yes, but that's been said about a lot of gold and silver winners in the past as well, and it never eventuated. But so, not, not how many is Waller trained? None. That's that's my sure? point. That's my point. <laughs> I just think once the Waller polish starts to kick in, I know you're right. There is that golden slipper curse. I concede that point. But but my point is just surely we haven't seen the bottom of this horse the way Chris trains. No, that's right. That's I mean the thing with a slipper winner that doesn't matter what they do. Their the value is, is assured, and so any little thing you know, they. Does but what about him in an Everest? Is he? Do you, do you think he's under the odds at the fifteen dollars at the moment? Uh, or yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. What about the other horses there, guys? Um, Imperatriz, uh, in secret, Marzu we know's got a slot. Nature Strips at fifteen. Well, there's interesting. Uh, they're they're in the same price. Uh, yeah. Nature Strip and Shinzo both fifteen there, Ray. Yeah, I don't think we'll see Imperatriz in an Everest. Um, I think they're looking more towards a mile campaign in Melbourne. Um, a horse like In Secret, Godolphin, they generally wait until the 11th hour and they can do that. They've got so many options in their sprinting ranks and they'll find the horse they believe's in the right sort of form to be competitive in an Everest. They might wait until the week prior, which they've done in the past, but mm. you would think In Secret would be their number one seed at this stage. Nature strips the the intriguing one for me, and Chriswell has gone on record and said that um, it'd be one race at a time, and if he doesn't trial well, they might even retire him, but who's to mm. say, after this first decent break that he's had since he's been with Chris Waller for almost four years, he's had a good long spell, he could come back re-energise, and if it's a nature strip of uh, that we saw in the King's Stand 12 months ago, wow, won't that be a... Uh, a, a sight to behold and Everest coming up the rise with the big chestnut two in front. Oh, will it ride? <laughs> I tell you who sprinted like an Everest horse at the weekend, Nathan, was Antino. Gee, mm. this, wow. this, this yeah. is a serious horse. This is a really, really good animal, I reckon. Yeah, the question for him is, is at what distance um, will we see him you know, really excel? I think his two best performances now have been at the mile. Um, he went away for age on Saturday where he was one of the poorest placed horses in the field based on deeds to date and he just toyed with them toyed with a horse that had won impressively last week and others that we know to be good around the listed group 3 level but he did toy with them for Tony Gollan, he'll have nightmares about that gateway race from December for a little while now. He won the race with an 80 to 1 pop but Antenna was the one he desperately wanted to win it to get into the Stradbroke and um, missed that and he never really got an opportunity to, to make the field so you'll see him in the spring he's by Redwood so I, I dare say at some point Tony will, will definitely be tempted to get him out over further than the mile but just on in Tino I think you'll find guys that you know, certainly Tony Gollan for one is, will take a different approach to this Stradbroke season and the Queensland Carnival going forward in that he said you know we just there's not the opportunities to qualify here so a horse like Antino that he did the right thing by the horse in terms of putting him away and just aiming up specifically this carnival, but it proved to his detriment in the end in terms of trying to get a run in the Stradbroke. So you might see a horse like that in future head to Sydney for for an autumn campaign for one or two runs just to get his rating up 
to, you know, ensure that he gets in the field. And, you know, don't forget, horse like think about it as well. Yeah. If he hadn't won that race at Gosford, um, you know, his, his rating would have had him right on the brink of making a start as well. Do we um, need to look at that, Nathan? Like, um, do you think it needs a little bit of a rejig, yeah. the way horses qualify for that race? I don't know what the answer is, Luke, because what, what you do get in this instance, you do get horses that are in the field based on deeds of some time ago you know their rating doesn't come down quick enough to have them out of the reckoning for that even though their current form is not up to the standard so you end up getting these horses at you know big prices that that you know aren't the horses that they they once were but they take up four or five spots in the field and you leave horses like opal ridge you know yellow brick would have been in the market on saturday and dentino out of it i don't know what the answer is but it's not unique to the stradbroke you know you get you know doncaster you know go back a few years where you know kermadec was second emergency and had the the, the, that scenario unfold twice because of the, the change meeting to get the eventual winner into the field so it's hard to kick out horses that have actually qualified but you know i i guess their, their rating stays at such a point for such a long time. They, they go up in the ratings a whole lot quicker than they come back down. I think that's the area that could be sort of looked at, just the the way they come back down. And even, even at a lower scale, you talk about country racing or provincial racing, some horses who win win to their mark and then they don't win a race for 18 months because mm-hmm. they're sort of stuck at a, at a level. Perhaps that could be what they do. And for the big group ones, maybe you could just have like, each for a race, you could have a just a wild card entry where it's at the discretion of the club or the handicapper. Yes. Where okay, this horse is actually second favourite. He's not going to get a run, but we're going to put him in. We're going to make that call, and everyone's just got to live yeah. with it. Is that fair? And Rooney Valley's the club that's done that for forever and a day, yeah, haven't with they? The with, plate, the, yeah. with the Cox Plate, but and, it and does it, invite controversy. I mean, a horse like Antino would have been very difficult to promote because I think he would have only been like thirty odd in the order. So you're punching him above a dozen horses to to get him into the race. I mean. He he missed out through the BRC sprint where he was balloted out of that race, which which gets you a ticket into the race. So every way Tony Gollum turned, he he ran into dead ends with him. So it's maybe it says a bit about the race that it was so sought after this year in in the, the elevated prize money, and we do want to have the best um, best fields possible. Um, and I, I see where you're coming from with the, the hand picking, but then you just leave yourself so open to um, you know you know. You know, claims of favouritism and, and whatnot, so it's a difficult well, just, one. Just think, Nathan, over the years, how many times in the Melbourne Cup field a horse was omitted, another horse put in, and you yeah. just feel for those connections who have got their horse to that point. So Definitely. there's no right or wrong answer here. I think, though, what it does come back to, one of the unique aspects of Australian racing is our Group 1 handicaps. They're not that prevalent around the world, and that's that's the art of training is to place your horse to get into a handicap potentially to with a light weight and to beat the handicapper it's not easy and we could pick and choose so many examples over the years of horses who have missed out etc but i think that's one of the unique aspects of what makes our racing so good in australia exactly right and and ray there's usually now these days another good race just around the corner if you've got a fast horse you're not going to struggle to earn prize money because of options luke oh there (laughs) is no doubt about it um a random thought here from dave at wattle grove just to wrap up the show and we like these we like random thoughts um hey boys i just had a random thought could fireburn run in a cox plate cheers david uh what do you think ray is is she up to a race of that class yeah uh... She got back into form, didn't she? She worked her way back into form and, look, is she a Cox Plate horse? I don't know. But then once again, 
um, issue the sort of horse we often see um, three-year-olds, the golden super horses, they don't quite come up. She wasn't quite the filly we knew she was in spring. The more she raced, the better she got in autumn. It was you know, so um, upsetting what happened to her on the eve of the Oaks. But, um, Nathan will say no, the slipper form. Nathan, the slipper yeah. form. <laughs> I love the golden slipper. It's one of my favourite races, absolutely. It's just you have to tread carefully with the winners. Um, I would think more realistically, yeah, she'd probably get into a Cox Plate field. I mean, the slipper winners, they'd like that. But you've got all those races in Sydney now, like so the many Hill Station and yeah. Cravens, where they're worth so a million bucks options, or so, and you yeah. get the second tier. So That's the key, you know, but, yeah. yeah. Nathan, what was your take on the controversy around her oak scratching? Is that just uh, one of those things? I um... think you'll see a change in, in policy there. I think um, if they had their time over again, they possibly wouldn't have pulled the trigger on Thursday. Um, allowed her the extra time, so I think that was that was a disappointing that that it, it was it played out so quickly that way. So. Um, you know, hopefully in the future you'll see okay, the, the check's done on Thursday and tomorrow, well, we're not happy, uh, but yeah, we'll, let's we'll come check back again and tomorrow. Yeah, that's yes. Because I think Amakura had lameness the week of the race. Yep. Um, she did. Did yeah. she, Ray? Yeah. Yes, she did, and she was past fit. And I, I, I think Nathan was there the day as well. Tell me if I'm wrong, Nathan, when Universal Prince was scratched on Melbourne Cup Eve and the late great Bede Murray, who was one of nature's true gentlemen, I've never, ever saw him anything but happy yeah. but he, he was distraught because he knew his horse and he pleaded with the vets I know my horse that's just his action but he was withdrawn from the Melbourne Cup and you couldn't help but feel mm. for Bede Murray and again um, what's the right or wrong answer here trainers know their horses Gary Portelli was adamant that she needed another 24 hours that, that's the common sense move isn't it Nathan you don't have to scratch on Thursday wait 24 hours wait until scratching time give that filly a chance to prove she's fit if the vets aren't satisfied fine they can make that call that's right. I think you just need to give them as long as possible to, yeah. to prove the fitness of the horse. I think they should introduce it in rugby league. Boys, Latrell hasn't run for four <laughs> weeks. Pull him out now. <laughs> Why have yeah, they picked right. him? <laughs> Pull him oh, out. I, I concur with that 100%. Uh, absolutely. Is that he just the queen? He can't play. He can't no. play. He can't no. play. Get rid of him, Ray. Yes. Why has he been picked, Ray? He's our X Factor. He's our X Factor to try and lead this series. He's lame, up. Ray. He's lame. Pull him out. Can't risk him. Uh, him boy, give him till scratching time on on game day. Hundred uh, percent. Boys, have you got a horse to follow for us uh, before we go? What about you, Nathan? Let's go with Antino. I think. That, yeah. Why not? You know, I think that he he will be Tony Gollan's next Group One winner, and the filly who was runner up in the Atkins, I think she measures up to the, all the good races uh, in in the good fillies races in the Spring Miracle of Love. Yep, beautiful. Agree, mate. Hey, thanks for your contribution to the show today. Uh, really enjoyed having you with us. Yeah, and thanks for you, both of you for the support of the carnivals. Much appreciated. Our pleasure, mate. There's uh, Sky Racing's Nathan Exelby from the BRC. And Ray Thomas, what's your horse to follow? Yeah, look, I think two of Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Botts that were close seconds on Saturday behind Bjorn Baker's horses. That's the two-year-old Royal Tribute and their classy three-year-old Caboo. They'll be winning very, very shortly. And just another one at odds, a horse called Bazooka. Both his runs back have been super. He doesn't win often, but watch his effort in the Democracy Manifest race. He's run fourth. He was unlucky. I think David Payne will find the right race for him very shortly as well. Fantastic. Ray, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday and uh, appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for having me, Luke. Pleasure, mate. Uh, Ray Thomas there. That's been Punters Postmortem. Thanks so much for your texts and queries and contributing to the show. Just on Antino too, uh, Daily Sectionals data has him running the best performance of the day. 
His uh, figure was 3.7 lengths above benchmark. That means he went 3.7 lengths better than the average for that class of race over that distance. The second best performance for the meeting, you guessed it, it was Think About It. 2.7 lengths above average for that class over that distance. So they're two nice horses. We know that, and their records speak for themselves. Seven past ten on Sky Sports Radio. That's been Punters Postmortem.